smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Tuesday, November 17th. Welcome back, everybody. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter. Uh, hello there, John. How are you? I, I am good. Um, so today we're going to talk about a, a hodgepodge of stories, although all election and COVID really-ish. Um, Lindsey Graham tried to strong-arm Georgia Secretary of State to throw out votes. Uh, a story out today that Biden doesn't want to prosecute Trump, but we'll see what that really means. Cliff and I will discuss. Um, Scott Atlas, the White House COVID guy, is doing more really White stupid COVID things. Guy. You know, he's doing more stupid things. And, uh, and then uh, Obama and Fox News, Obama being a little prescient about taking on Fox News and what that means for today. Cliff, I think I would say let's start with Lindsey Graham because it's election related and possibly. If you don't mind, I just came across something and I think we should just tell people quickly as an update where things are presidentially. And then I say we move right on to Lindsey Graham in terms of uh, where the numbers stand, because I think it's kind of important. Um, If that's all right, Um, because Joe Biden has now officially crossed 51 percent of the vote, um, which is actually a very big deal. Um, because no nobody who has been a challenger has done that in like nearly a challenger years. meaning taking on a sitting president sitting on taking on an incumbent. Okay. Uh, there have only been three since FDR in 1932 where they've defeated a sitting incumbent, um, which is Reagan defeating Carter in 80, um, Clinton defeating George H.W. Bush uh, in 92, and now this one in Carter Ford. Um, he was not an elected incumbent, so we correct. Don't have that. He okay. was an appointed weekend. No one had he'd never gone had a it's national. True. It's not a fair comparison because it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not a fair comparison, right? But I mean, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, he did knock out a sitting president, but it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And still, on. that yeah. one that race was close as hell, and and Ford almost held on. So so that wouldn't be a great example either. In any case, he's at 51. Um, Trump is is threatening to fall below 47. God, he's at 47. Wah, 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 wah. I don't think he's quite going to do it, but I would love it. It's a, a five point point seven million right. vote margin, and which heading is towards a four percent difference between uh, four heading towards a four percent, and also heading towards a six million popular vote win. Which again, or was it heading towards seven? No six. We're at five point okay. seven million. Right, okay. six million though is a big freaking win. Um, again, that's that would be the biggest number of votes um, anyone has won by in a quarter century outside of see, Obama. We need to keep reminding people of this because I got to tell you, even for me, I see Trump forty-seven percent, and I'm going, "Ugh, it was way too close." Although it People's was way too close in a despotism kind of sense, correct? But not um, historically. It's way too close because of how bad he was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's some of the other stuff we'll talk about yeah. later because right-wing media. It's a bad thing. Um, the projection, this is kind of cool for the final tally. Who? This is from NPR, senior political editor. So right. you can, Domenico Montanero. So just, I don't know who he is. but Oh, yeah, he's good. he's good. Okay. So if you want to trust him, he's, his projection is that Biden will cross the 80 million vote threshold, which is pretty freaking, which I guess if he's at 79 million right now, that's not a huge right. projection. Mm-hmm. 80 million, 680,000. Interesting. So he's, so he's, <laughs> that's awesome. His, his projection is eighty million six hundred eighty thousand four fifty for Trump. His project projection is seventy four million six seventy three one nineteen. The two important numbers you may have heard there were six eighty and six seventy three. As in, he's projecting Biden to barely surpass and win by six million over six million votes. Six million uh, seven thousand three hundred thirty two. 
that's uh, you know the, the reason why. Right. Just so folks know, California still has three percent of votes to cast, and California is so big that three percent ain't nothing. Right. New York, what I don't know what the hell's wrong with New York, but they're going to need an upgrade. Still has nineteen percent of votes left. To Jesus, count. that much? Yes, they're eighty-one percent. That's sort of embarrassing, and they should probably That's figure ridiculous. that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey still has four percent, so those are all very democratic hmm. states. Ohio, where I'm sitting, still has ninety-six percent. Um, yeah. so, sorry, still has four percent. Right. <laughs> and South Dakota, because People are comparing it to the developing world, including doctors now, in terms of its COVID yeah. spike, is at 94%. And who knows if South Dakota may just break into like a Mad Max type uh, existence. I mean, what's going on there? What Christy Nome is doing there? I mean, their doctor is basically begging her to require masks. Even North Dakota finally well, let's, gave let's it. Get to, we'll get to COVID. Yeah. Okay. So in any case, that's the, that's the update there. Why don't we jump huh. to everyone's favorite lady? Oh, you know what? I'll, then I will mention a quick little breaking news. Uh, Chuck Grassley, who now has got to be at least 87 years old. 112. Um, Go ahead. You know, oh, let me ask. Hold on. How old is Chuck Grassley? Serious. Chuck Grassley is 87 years old. There you go. In my defense, he looks 112. Come on. 112. Um, but so Grassley just had a run-in with somebody who has COVID, so now he's having to quarantine, blah, blah, blah. Grassley, you may recall a few months ago, was the guy who, when he was asked about social distancing and whether it worries him because of his age, said, shake my hand. Come on, go ahead, shake my hand. Remember that whole thing? Yep. Yes. Well, Mr. Shake My Hand is now at risk of getting COVID, and at 87, it puts his life at serious risk. But, you know, whatever these people. Um, let's, well, let's and, talk and, about, and, you know, yeah. since the last one, just so people know, like, I don't even remember who had it then, but all sorts of of new White House and White House related figures have tested positive, um, as well as Congressman Don Young from the great state of Alaska. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, they just don't care and they don't. And that, that clip went viral of basically Sherrod Brown yelling at Dan Sullivan, who just sadly was reelected by Alaska over Al Gross, who would have been awesome, uh, who was the presiding officer in the Senate. And he was like, Why are you not wearing a mask? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that yet. It's gone no. kind of viral with Sherrod Brown yelling at him. And it's like, are you kidding me? And he's, of course, sitting there, and it puts – it's not even just about the senators. It's all these people who are obviously the guards and others that work in the Capitol yeah. that can't say anything, and yeah. it puts their lives yeah. at risk. It's so utterly fucking just – Everybody, your staff and everybody, and everybody because you're all walking around everywhere, so you're literally putting everybody's life at risk. Right. Anyway, and these guys are angry. Assholes. Yes. Um, so Lindsey Graham, so speaking of which, like this won't make you angry. So the uh, Georgia Secretary of State, who is a Republican, a Republican governor as well, and you will recall, I'm speaking to the readers, to the listeners now, because Cliff, I know you recall, you will recall that this is the Republican Secretary of State who said there was no evidence of widespread fraud or anything in Georgia. The election went off great. Trump got livid. The Republicans got livid. Uh, Loeffler and Purdue, the senators, were demanding for him to resign. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff, right? Well. Now he does an interview and he says Lindsey Graham tried to strong arm, arm him into throwing out legitimate votes. Now, this gets really interesting, Cliff, because the actual detail – I, I read that and I thought, well, in my back of my head, I'm going, well, I wonder if it's a little more iffy than that. It's worse than that. What he says happened was Graham kept pushing him to explore ways by which if you have a county that has a significant number of – you know, illegal votes, whatever you want to call them, you know, dead people, you caught that dead people voted or whatever, or somebody voted twice. If you have a significant number in a county, Graham goes, can you just look into maybe throwing all the absentee votes out in that county? Incredible. In other words, in other words, let's say you've even got 10% of the votes are fraudulent. Okay. Can we just throw out the other 90? 
And the guy says he felt like Graham was pressuring him to throw out legal votes, which, of course, what is this? I mean, you're a lawyer, even if you're not a practicing one. Like, and I know this isn't your area of expertise at all, but like, you know, when do these things start to rise to the level, level of treason and sedition, honestly? Like, I, I don't like throwing around those terms. I've actually. You need a federal prosecutor for something like this. I mean, Mark Elias, who we like, Democratic lawyer, yeah. said he's demanding a, a Senate ethics investigation. Bullshit. Yeah. This well, guy was like, trying to tamper with the vote. When I saw that, I respect the hell out of Mark, and I didn't yeah. want to say something and, and hit him on Twitter for it because he's a good dude. And he's well, I'm not hitting him, though. He, I think we no, should have him. I didn't want to sound like I was, like, you know, answering back, like, you know, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. look bad. But, I mean, like, that doesn't – Senate. It's ethics, not enough. Really? It's, it's, the Republicans it's control the Senate. Hence, they yeah. control the Ethics Committee. Let's all be serious here. Uh, it may be bipartisan, but either way, it's uh, Senate Ethics Committee. What are they going to do? Well, right? They didn't care about insider trading. They got a ruler and hit him in the hand once. I mean, yeah. nothing's yeah. going to happen. So, he I mean, tried to cheat an election. He tried to tamper with votes. There is no way that's not – not to mention it It could be suborning uh, – uh, you know, you're, you're – uh, what's the word? <laughs> now I know the legal word. I can't think of what it is in English. Uh, ex- it's what Trump did. What Trump did, suborn. What Trump did, where he was basically trying to, you know, chit, chit, this for that kind of exchange, you know, that yes. whole deal, right? Um, well, the thing is, is you with them is that you know we we sometimes get caught fighting the last war, um, right. and we don't look at what the broader picture here is. And the broader picture here is twofold, really. One, which is something that's been a big problem since the end of this election in general, is now it is mainstream in the Republican Party to attack elections, to attack our democracy, to say that you were cheated. It's a completely mainstream position that the, variety, the, the majority of the party now will either repeat or, or will be too chicken shit to speak up about when their colleagues repeat it. That's the first thing. The second thing here is here very specifically, well, gee, I wonder why they very specifically chose to go after the Secretary of State, not, not the Democratic ones. They went after them somewhat, but the actual Republican one in Georgia – uh, probably something to do with the fact that we've got elections coming up there on January 5th. Right. There was an article in the uh, in the Washington Post um, this morning, uh, you know, which the title is Republicans sound alarm on Georgia Senate runoffs as they privately weigh Trump's influence. Apparently, their polling has shown them Trump is weighing them down and they yeah, could lose because yeah. of him because yeah. he won't yeah. shut up. They're scared. And the, the, the big problem here is that, that, that everything they're doing right now, from the letter you brought up about that came from Leffler and, and Purdue to what Lindsey Graham did, is about this election. It doesn't matter if they change the results of Georgia in the last election because Trump would still lose. You know, you know I'm sorry, but that's a really good point that I hadn't thought of last night only because I kept thinking last night, why is Graham doing this? He's just trying to, I guess, make Trump – and granted, Trump would feel a little better if he had one state that flipped. So yeah, I was right. So that does help Trump. But you're right. With the – the the runoffs coming in early January, two incredibly important Senate races because it'll it'll determine who controls the Senate. You've got Graham making clear to the guy, hey, in January when the Senate runoff is, look at those counties and see if there's any votes you're allowed to yep. throw out. That's what he's I mean, they're always this is that's what this is about. And by all accounts, I was reading about this guy. And again, if there are folks from Georgia who want to, you know, chime in in our comments. Mm. And let us know you can because it's not like I, I I'd ever heard of him of Raffensburger or however you pronounce it before this you know oh period. the Secretary of State correct but but by all accounts he seems like an actually a decent guy right. who is an engineer and cares about numbers and machinery and the way things work he's not like the the person like you know Kemp who ran for Secretary right. of State to become governor 
he, this guy seemingly ran for secretary of state because he wanted to be secretary of state and make the state work. Right. And it's another example, again, if you want to look at a broader problem here of like, you know, he responded and said, I can't believe in the way he actually called, he actually like saved his harshest comments for Doug Collins, who he called a number of names. Yeah, that. I'm trying to remember what, what names uh, Doug he Doug Collins is the sitting congressman who also ran for Senate and lost in the, in the three-way race with Loeffler and uh, Warnock. Right. It was actually broader than that, but they were the three that got the most. They were the top three, I mean, yeah. who were buying. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, and, you know, I mean, and he, again, Doug Collins is, is, is no better, no, is, is no different than, than Jim Jordan, is no different. I mean, they, they're oh, these awful. little, yeah. little awful yeah. liars, conspiracy theorists, complete enablers of Donald Trump who will do and say anything that Trump wants them to. And, you know, he's making up all sorts of lies about the election. The guy basically, what did he call him? I mean, I don't have that article. For me, but he called him a liar. I think among other things, he called him a liar. That was one of the things. Um, yes. yes. And so the problem again, and this is going to be a problem going forward, is there's just no place for decent people in the Republican Party anymore. Like my guess is, if you go issue by issue, Raffensperger probably fits just fine. I bet he's I bet he's anti-choice. I bet he's you know he's he's probably conservative on economics. I bet we disagree with him on just about anything. But right. at this point, that's not good enough. Like right. you, you can't even be a decent person and believe in democracy you know, and, and, run, and run as a Republican because they'll come after you. You know, interesting sort of a side point from that, and then maybe we'll segue to the next topic, is that somebody was saying uh, today – I say this has been the conventional wisdom for a few days now. Well, if Trump keeps leaving it hanging that he might run again in 2024 – and yes, he can run again because uh, you're allowed to have two terms as president. If Trump only had one term and lost, he could run again. Just no other president has done it, but, or not in recent history at least, but Trump might. Grover Cleveland. Did he? Did I was just gonna, that's why I said recent history. I caught myself. <laughs> no, did okay, he? Yeah. Did he well, win the second time Robert or not? Cleveland is most famous for serving two non-consecutive terms. Oh, so he did. Okay, there you go. That, there you but go. that may be the only. There are a few others who've run and lost a few times. Right. Like Adley Stevenson, who seemingly what? How many times did he run? Even <laughs> at least twice and lost. Uh, he lost both times to Eisenhower. Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to go and start really thinking about history and right. all that sort of stuff. But. Um, so and but, also okay. another one who did it was Teddy Roosevelt, who came back after he chose not to run and then ran as a bull mooser. So he served Teddy Roosevelt served the remainder of McKinley, William McKinley's term, because William McKinley was assassinated early 19th century uh, uh, um, or early 20th century. I want to say like 1902, three somewhere in that range. So Teddy Roosevelt finished up his term, then ran and won a term of his own in 1904. Then supported his his who he considered at the time to be his protege William Howard Taft, who won in 1908, and then decided that Taft, instead of embracing the progressive uh, folks in the Republican Party, embraced the conservatives too much and ran against his own protege in, in as a bull mooser and independent. Now you're just showing off. And I, well, I guess kind of, but but I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. That was good. I'm more. It's I'm actually a political history geek. Yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding you. That's loud, exactly good you know, I know you are. I know you yeah. are thinking out loud about people who ran multiple times. Yeah. You know. In any case. All right. So, well, okay. So here's what's interesting with this. Okay. So the argument is twofold. If Trump keeps leaving it dangling that he's going to run in 2024, rather than just saying I'm not going to run, don't worry, right? It, it harms other Republicans who might be thinking of running because it kind of crowds them out of the race. Now, that's true, right? If Trump still looks like he's going to run, you don't want to be one of the other Republicans that says, uh-oh, I'm coming, I'm coming after you, Donald, right? Nobody wants to say that because they're all chicken shit. But it said – this was my favorite. It's harder for the party to move on and start to dissociate itself from Trumpism. Here's the thing. 
even if Trump doesn't run in four years, Trump is going to own this freaking party until his deathbed because he's got all the deplorables listening to him and scaring the hell out of all of these guys. Right. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Well, John, the season of giving thanks is upon us. The special day of turkey, family, and football will be here before you know it, where you should all be home with your friends and, I mean, sorry, with your family and not friends. And in any case, I'll stop there. Before gathering with your family in small groups to share uh, in your Thanksgiving traditions, it's important to allow some extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself and look your best for your loved ones. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. It visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines. Number 11s and crow's feet take up to 10 years off your appearance, folks, in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can relax. Reacts. That was nice. You can relax surrounded by loved ones. Very few of them, though, folks. Knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon. You can get it at a much better deal than anything you get waiting in line on Black Friday. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say that code, sexyliberal. The order also comes with free shipping, a 30-day money-back guarantee also. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com. No, no, sorry. B-U-I-P-L-X dot com <laughs> backslash sexy liberal. That was all. Or call 800-685-1292 and say sexy liberal at checkout. <laughs> if each year you want to find special gifts for families and friends, but it can be a challenge sure to find something unique, as you know. Yes. Uh, with bestfamilygifts.com, you can get custom canvas prints for a truly one-of-a-kind gift. Imagine glorious ocean sunsets, autumnal forests, or classic black and white vistas. See the collection for yourself at bestfamilygifts.com. You can personalize the text of each print with the names of the people you love, including family, friends, or even pets. These really are the perfect gifts for family and friends. Go to bestfamilygifts.com to see the entire amazing collection of custom canvas prints for yourself and get a 20% discount on your first order with the proto promo code stephanie it's stephanie ie uh, although maybe there's another way to spell stephanie now that i think about it who knows um that's bestfamilygifts.com remember to use the code stephanie for 20 percent off your first order bestfamilygifts.com code stephanie and now back to our show Oop, and we just lost cliff <laughs> all right cliff just disappeared i'm gonna wait for hold on i'm gonna text him and say oops sign back in um Cliff's uh, technology has been having issues the last couple of podcasts, but um, but yeah, so that's the issue there. And I can repeat it when Cliff comes back, is that it uh, Trump is going to be owning this party anyway. He's going to be the 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 leader of the party. He's going to have his deplorables. He's going to have a huge email list. He may have TV shows with Newsmax and OAN, the Onanism Network. Um, so that I think it's it's naive and weird to think that anybody's going to stand up to Trump after the election. Not after the election, I mean, after he bows out, and if, in fact, he says he's not going to run in four years. This guy's going to be an albatross around their neck. Maybe not an albatross. He's going to be their Frankenstein monster. Even Frankenstein. I just, all these comparisons don't work. Trump is going to be openly embraced by this party until the day he dies. And like Reagan, they're going to try to make him a hero for the next 40 years. And you're back. It's perfect segue. Oh, this is frustrating. I know. Um, don't worry. But I, will, I have an idea did, for I have an what idea I, for future podcasts. Okay, but let's we'll talk about it later since we are still doing this live. What no, uh, no. what what I what I told people was 
basically, and I'm not going to repeat all of it, but basically that Trump's not going away. So the idea that him not running in 2024 makes it easier for Republicans to take back their party is insane. They're not taking back the party until he dies. And even then, this could be a Reagan situation where they try to do the, the you know, the iography, the sainthood for St. Trump so that no one can get away from him for decades in the Republican Party. And I no, went on it, for like a minute or two about that. So feel free to jump in. No, I mean, I think that's about right. They deify him in some way, which they did with Reagan. I mean, you know, some would argue that that's when this party started heading towards cultism. You know, they literally had a project run by Grover Norquist, if people yep. are familiar with him, crazy yep. anti We talked about it, yep. Yep. To, to name something in every county in the United States after Reagan. Yep. Um, you know, it's a cult of personality thing that's just embarrassing, frankly. Um, with Trump, it's even worse because as much as I think Reagan's politics mm. sucked, um, he at least cared about this country. He at least did some things that, you know, he, he, he uh, at one point declared amnesty for undocumented workers here. He actually raised corporate taxes at one point. I mean, you know, as much as we considered Reagan like this crazy conservative way right. back when, compared to these guys today, I'd say he set in motion the Republican, the conservative culture, which has destroyed us uh, of right. this sort of individualistic, this this radical individualism um, that leads people these days to not want to wear masks. And I mean, so don't get me wrong. AIDS, for example, I blame Reagan for a lot of stuff. I'm just saying no, comparatively a lot of positions to where Trump. They're considered moderate to liberal now. Right. He right. came out in favor of an assault weapons ban and the Brady Bill, like compared to, to today, you know, um, in any case. Um, but he's the, not leaving. Right. He's not. And they, don't, and, they don't have the balls to overthrow him either. Yeah. Right. And even if he gets kicked off of, of Twitter, if they ever have the balls to actually do that to him, he'll just move over to Parlay, where all the conservatives are now going. Any of that? They still... say Parler. It's cute. You pronounce it in French. They say Parler. I, say, I do like. We ought to call it Parlay, though. You're I'm right. I'm going to call it Parlay. I was going to say because I find it hilarious to begin with yeah. that they named something after a French word, conservatives. Yeah. I actually, that it. is a good idea. Parlay. Sure, named it Freedom Fries. It, it, um, um, in any case, so I, I do. I mean, I, and I said this for a while back, and and people were like, oh, don't you know. I, I couldn't believe that that was the analysis, which is, oh, just wait until until Donald Trump's gone. And I was like, he won't be gone. Which be gone. Yeah. Even if they beat him, you know, it's the conservative media these days that holds Republicans in line. Yeah. They're the ones who can get somebody primary. They're the ones who can like they're they're the gatekeepers. The right has let their media complex take them over. So yeah. in the end, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump's not in office, if, if the Trump family are not in prison or they haven't had to leave our country because they would otherwise be in prison, they're a threat because they'll, they, they can, any of them could run for office at any time. Oh, that's right. Don Jr. is not going away. In any case, we, we know now this. Now that they've moved their home to Florida, sadly, John, the last thing yeah. I'll say yeah. is at least, you know, the Trumps were never, gonna be, were never going to be able to win office in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Florida – Statewide, one junior could run at any time and and win state Senate or congressman potentially. Right? Congressperson. Yep. yep, yep. Um, so uh, I because we've got like a lot of issues today, but I mean I'm I'm kind of happy moving on to the Biden prosecution issue because I think that gives us some meaty stuff to get into here. Yeah, I think that sounds good. So Biden uh, does an interview, and it's funny people are taking this interview one of two ways, Cliff. They're taking it both ways. One is Oh, my God, this is great. Biden said he won't interfere with the Justice Department. And if they want to prosecute Trump, he's going to let them. The other way people are taking the interview is, oh, my God, Biden just said he's not going to prosecute Trump. <laughs> what, what actually happened, but I think there's some interesting nuance here, is Biden said, 
I don't think it's a good idea for us to be prosecuting Trump. You and I, by the way, have talked about this on the show. He said exactly what you and I have been saying. He said, we need to be focusing on the economy and COVID. We don't need to be seen focusing on the old guy who was here and all of his crimes and vengeance and vendettas and all of that. Right. And I agree with him. It looks a it looks bad because you really need to be focusing on the problems of the country, at least in the first hundred days or year or whatever. It just looks it looks like vendetta, even though it's not Um, B. Well, and not B. So that that's the first problem. But what what the good side of this is and then jump in that in principle, Biden's not supposed to have any influence anyway. Trump tried and even Trump, mind you. Right. Trump tried to get Bill Barr to prosecute Hillary, to prosecute Obama. He wouldn't do it. I mean, like there was a certain level where he even he said, no, I'm not going to. So it, it's it's not clear what influence Biden has, though. Some people are saying that Biden is still sending a signal, which is not good. That if I say, actually, you know what? I'm sorry, let me make this one point. And then sure. Now that I think about it, it isn't good because Biden saying it reminds me of Trump saying it. You shouldn't be weighing in on criminal matters. You shouldn't be weighing in on who your Justice Department should or shouldn't indict. He still said, my Justice Department shouldn't indict this guy, although I'm not going to have any say in it. He still told them what he wanted, which is just like Trump saying, either do or don't, don't indict my friends, do indict my enemies. So my question for you, the more having, I think about it, the more it bugs me. Go on. Well, yeah. I saw I saw responses on Twitter, which I never trust because it's Twitter. And I didn't have time before all this to read the article. So I guess what I'm going to say is if your characterization, not that I don't trust you, John, but if your characterization of it is correct and he's saying, I don't think my Justice Department should indict, that's wrong. And yes, uh, he, I don't think he said it like that. All I think he, he said, said was, I think should we should left be up to the DOJ. Well, then I agree with him 100%. He did not say that. He went, I, I can pull up the quote, but what he basically said was, I don't think we should be going after this guy. I don't think it helps us. We should be focusing in. We shouldn't be talking about the guy who left office. All it's Because all it's going to do is keep bringing him up in the news. He kept saying, I don't think it's a good idea to go after him, but but I will leave it to my Justice Department. I will pull okay. it up but absolutely positively. Well, no, yeah, I think the second part was good. He shouldn't have said the first part. I would agree. I don't it's, think it's so. It's not it's, as bad as what Trump did because Trump was literally trying to get people prosecuted in a system where you're, you're you know, where yeah. you set things up where you're innocent until proven guilty. I mean, trying to go after political enemies is the worst thing in the, uh, that you can do pretty yeah. much in a democracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, you know, you're right. Joe Biden shouldn't have said that. If he, and if that's what he said, that's wrong. What he should be saying very clearly is, "I'm a. I ran for office to get ABC and done. This is a matter for federal prosecutors, and federal prosecutors will have to look at the evidence and make those determinations." That's what I would say. So here are a couple of quotes. Although it's it's his advisor sort of leaking what Joe thinks. So which. To be honest, it also leaves him wiggle room with his – say my, my advisors got it wrong, right? Um, Biden has raised concerns – mind you, this is not a direct quote, though – that investigations would further divide a country he's trying to unite and risk making every day of his presidency about Trump, said the sources, basically people on his campaign. He said he specifically told advisors that he is wary of federal tax investigations of Trump or of challenging any orders Trump may issue granting immunity to members of his staff before he leaves. One advisor said Biden has made it clear he just wants to move on. Um, now, also, here's here's what else yeah, I would say to you. Yeah. That is actually uh, very – now that I'm thinking about it, and again, I'm thinking about all this on the fly. Yeah, is he being nuanced? Sure. What's he doing? Well, it's smart messaging in two ways. Um, I do agree. One, it's smart messaging. Yes. One, Sorry, we yep. still have Georgia elections and we need to take the Senate. 
Right. And every argument we give Republicans that, look, they, you see Joe Biden and Democrats, if you give them the Senate, all they want to do is investigate Donald Trump, blah, 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 to try to motivate right. their base to turn out. Right. Where I, I think right now, best to not even play into that, right? Which is, in a way, uh, I, I, I hope that Biden is doing it for those kinds of reasons and not, you know, but I understand that. Secondly, though, and this is longer term, which is like, especially if we don't win in Georgia, right? you know, People on the left need to face the fact that as much as we'd rather not have to, we're going to need a couple of Republicans to pass anything. Right. And the more partisan Joe Biden seems and the more sort of, you know, ne- the more he riles up a Republican base to, to see him as like this, this Obama, Hillary, Antichrist type figure, they're still going to work on that on their own. But they just they can't do it as much with a, with a, a white guy who almost seems working class. And again, nobody take me the wrong way. It's horrible that they can do it with someone African American. It's horrible they can do it with a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's harder. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'm being, I'm more living in the real world right now, not yeah. the the one we. No, they can't to play live. into as many stereotypes. They're it's much harder to do that yeah. with him. If he yeah. makes it easier for them, then it, it complicates when you've got people like Lisa Murkowski up for re-election in 2022. She has to consider these things and whatever. And I'm telling you, like right now, at best, at best, hmm. there are somewhere between <clears> six. And eight or nine Republicans who might be willing to support us on all of anything, anything, hmm. you know, you've got Pat Toomey, who's always been a little more reasonable than other Republicans who's not running for reelection in 2022 in Pennsylvania. You've got Richard Burr, who, who has reason to hate the Trumpists because they went after him on his insider trading stuff because he was the Senate Intelligence Committee chair and he wouldn't just sit there and say what Trump wanted him to say about Russia. They're both <clears throat> have announced they're not running for re-election in 2022, right? So th- those two, Murkowski, Susan Collins, Romney, and maybe a wild card or two from a swing state, like I think of someone like Rob Portman from Ohio, as much as I loathe him, who, has, who at least as far as I know has no plans to run for president. So that's it. And we do have to, I mean, look, this is, this is the way our democracy works. Is it fucked up? Absolutely. Does it suck? Should somebody, should people in South Dakota, you know, get as many senators as, as the state of California? No, but we don't control any of that. And again, I'm living in reality. Right. And in reality, if we don't win both of those seats, we are going to need anywhere from one to, you know, however many Republicans to pass anything. So, you know, that does have to be kept in mind here. Right. Right. So, so um, in any case, I mean, I, and I, you know what? We've the thing is, what's funny? I mean, we talked about this in previous episodes, so maybe we don't have to belabor it. But, but obviously, there's the issue of of the rule of law. There's the issue of the previous issue we just talked about, which is Trump isn't going away. There's the issue Cliff, Cliff and I have constantly raised about what happens when a smarter, better, leaner Trump comes in next time and runs and is way he's just as much of a grifter but he's smarter about pulling it off doesn't admit it publicly as much as trump does right so you really you really we really got to figure out how we got this close to authoritarianism in our country you know one more one more win and we would have been destroyed i think and it's it's therefore it, we can't have and how many people world. were willing to, i would add in there yeah you how many people were That's willing it. to allow that one more win yes. to happen Yes. How many Republicans in office did not speak out and either, you know, yeah. and, and either or took the wimpy way out? Like, I'm not sure I'll vote for Trump, you know, and they were they were willing to watch the whole thing, the whole thing go yeah. down. Yeah. No. So, so um, it's yeah. I, I, so I, I guess anyway, my point is that I agree with you. This is what Biden 
Biden didn't have a choice but to say Biden doesn't even have a choice but to do this. If it were his call, he can't investigate Trump or anybody senior in Trump's thing in any kind of a public way. It can't be public because he's got to be seen to be focusing on the virus and the economy or he's toast and then everything goes down, meaning his presidency goes down. And then and we can't you can't investigate everybody if 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 right if he goes down. But it it does worry me. That he's sending a message, not unlike the messages Trump has been saying, not even, excuse me, let me rephrase that. He's not sending a message like Trump is sending. If it is influencing DOJ for Trump to even opine publicly on decisions of DOJ, then it's doing the same for Biden. And he's sending a message to them that says, don't go after him. And that worries me because he needs it. And frankly, for example, what if Trump pardons himself? Then I think you've got to, you've got to test that, that theory right there. Well, to me, the most important reason to investigate him federally, hmm. and and by him I mean everything around him, is to know how much damage he did. You're and our little Russell boy today, just so you know. You're rustling. I'm not Your moving. Is- so I have a feeling that has something to do with all the rest of the issues we're having. Okay. But um, we're we, we are having technical difficulties. Yeah, folks, and I've got you know it'll be better next time because I know how to fix it. Um, oh, actually, and we're going to buy clip a, a new mic now that the election's over. That was one of our election our big plans. Yes, um, but also he, the thing is, is that um, is that you know with with what happened, we didn't know what happened between Trump and numerous foreign countries. Okay, yeah. Russia. Ukraine, and not necessarily that Ukraine, Ukraine, it seems like, stood up to him, but still what he tried to do there. Saudi Arabia, Jared Kushner's cozy relationship and threats with Qatar and what that led to in terms of maybe his debts being eliminated. Um, Bibi Netanyahu's Israel. Uh, There's a number of these places where there's China, of course, all the trademarks and everything. That's just the beginning. You know, what kind of voter suppression, what kind of other, you know, what kind of crimes were committed, what pots of money disappeared, what was, you know, I mean, I think there needs to be a thorough investigation because honestly, as John was just sort of talking about, like what when the next sort of fascist comes along, we need to close loopholes. We need to improve the system. We need to know where the weaknesses were. You know, it's like doing the 9-11 report and things like that. You know, and, and of course, the biggest thing of all on the pandemic, we need to figure all of this stuff out uh, and yeah. know, you know, have an honest accounting of, of, you know, where it was Trump's criminality, where it was Trump's incompetence, where things, some things went wrong, believe it or not, that had nothing to do with Trump, because I'm sure there are. There are always things that go wrong, yeah. you know, irrespective of who's the leader. Um, so that's what I would say. I'm not as worried about prosecuting him federally. For the very reasons we're talking about, because one, I half suspect he or Pence or someone's going to pardon him and his family on the way out the door, um, sadly. And two, we have states, and right. they can part. They can go after him for virtually all the same things, um, particularly New right. York. Right. I mean, there's almost no no crime that he committed in, in in Washington that he that that he didn't commit in New York. Very few, anyhow. Right. Right. So I just care that that you know justice is served and he pays the price and his family or a bunch of criminals for their behavior. But but like if if doing it federally in some way is gonna you know it, it's gonna be in, in you know is gonna weigh us down in a way that we you know I'm not arguing for not. I want it to be done federally. It's just again like. I believe in democracy, right. which is – so I don't want to let my hatred for Trump's family overcome that. Biden needs to steer clear of it anyhow because we shouldn't be tainting justice departments with what we think. It really – he should avoid the, the, them on those questions and on those issues anyhow, put 
professionals who would do their jobs in place because I'm sure there's a lot of Trump criminality to go around. And my guess is there'll be numerous prosecutions because they won't be able to avoid it. And that will be a good thing. All like, you know, and, and to me, the most important thing yep. is that Trump rot in a jail all the rest of his life. And if the state yep. of New York, do, you know, and that we stop these things from happening in the future, right. if the state of New York is the one who decides he's going to rot in that jail cell, or the state of Maryland or Washington, D.C. versus, you know, a federal, I don't give a damn. I mean, why do I care? If I'm with you, if. Well, we'll see. If. I just hope it doesn't. Uh, I mean, again, it's not even just vengeance, although, frankly, one of the aspects well, it's not about of vengeance law to be justice. Is, but vengeance, well, no, but vengeance or, or retribution is an aspect of justice in law in terms of determining sentences and all of that. From what I learned in law school, was there is an element of, you know, well, justice and, and vengeance are the same side of the coin, in a, or they're different sides of the same coin in a sense. That somebody does something wrong, they should be punished. That's justice, but it's also an eye for an eye kind of sense, which is also, I think, punishment. I look at it. At, I, mean, I look at it. Some of just, it is. Some of it is that evil people should be punished. You can call just that to have the orbs sing and be in in synchronicity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of right. thing. Like Zen. I believe in that, but also I always think about all these things as what is the what are the effects they have on a functioning democratic society? Yes. And if somebody is if people are allowed to behave with impunity the way these guys have, then the incentives are everybody else should do the same thing who has no morality, because there are plenty of people that wouldn't do it because yeah. they, it's, because they're not immoral. But as we know by now, there's enough among us who would, and there needs to be the fear of. Spending the rest of your life in prison. And what's the best way to tell people you can spend the rest of your life in prison if you do this stuff? By the Trump family, all of them spending the rest of their lives in prison. Right. Right. I care a lot about that. Oh, God, they so. hate these people. Um, so let's move on to Scott Atlas. More happy topics. Um, there's a couple oh, subsets yeah. with this. Well, there's a couple subset issues here, as I said. One, so first, what he does a couple days ago, he gets upset because uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, Democratic governor of Michigan had new orders of uh, uh, places you couldn't go to anymore. I don't know whether she was shutting down schools and other other restaurants, she did. et cetera. She, right? it's, it's a three week um, like a pause, three or, week yeah. pause of almost all indoor and some outdoor activities. I think yeah. nightclubs, bars, um, schools, you know, the, the usual yeah. list of places. Yeah. yeah. Restaurant. So Atlas, who is the Hoover Institute, really conservative, uh, top COVID guy for Trump, the one who appears to believe in uh, uh, herd immunity and all the crazy stuff. Atlas tweets, the only way this stops is if people rise up. You get what you accept. Freedom matters. Step up. And of course, a lot of us took that to be kind of violence about rising up. He later tried to claim, I was not promoting violence. I was talking about things like elections. And the rest of us went, so a week and a half after the election, you told people they need to speak up in the election that already happened? That's or, or you were calling for people to literally rise up against the, a woman who already suffered an assassination attack. That's where I was going, yes. The context here is kind of important. I mean, it's bad enough just to generically do that because because there are stupid slash crazy people nowadays, that, right, right? You know, there are QAnon conspiracies and and people jump in uh, and do these kinds of things. They show up in pizza places in D.C. with assault rifles because they think that that's what they should. So anything like that is potentially dangerous. But when you do this with somebody who literally was already targeted, I don't really know how. I mean, he's either the stupidest motherfucker. I don't know what else to say. Alive, yeah. or or he's lying. I'm going to guess he's lying. 
I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt of not being the stupidest motherfucker alive, but being an evil piece of shit. How about right. that? Right. Um, you know, and, and we're seeing this kind of language in other states where maybe people have not been threatened, but we don't know when it gets to that point. You know, um, uh, you know, we, we see we've seen this. I mean, look, it's happened here where they threatened to impeach and go after Mike DeWine again, a Republican like Raffensperger, you know, in. in, in uh, I always in think Britain. of the old Pope when you say that. Remember the old what? The old Pope Ratzinger. Easy to get mixed up there. I know. Whatever. Yeah. Rather, you're still alive, isn't he? He's off somewhere, you know, bitching about modernity. I'm sure he's he's probably visiting Nestor. <laughs> well played. That'll be actually that'll be our new euphemism. He's visiting he's, Nestor. Visiting Nestor. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, what was I saying? I'm um, sorry. Uh, oh, Ratzinger, no, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I brought up DeWine as someone who's been threatened, too, who's a Republican. But we know this has happened with numerous other governors. Um, I believe that it's maybe the Republican leaders in the legislature in Wisconsin. You know, Tony Evers, the governor there, has instituted a mask mandate, too. And they're suing. And they're calling it the exact same thing. They're saying it's tyranny and he has no right to do it. We need to rise up. I mean, the, the fucking 20 percent of the craziest, stupidest people among us are just trying their best to get all the rest of us killed. There is a point where I've so lost sympathy for them. I'm just kind of like, fine, go off yourselves, honestly. I'm tired of fighting for you. I'm tired of trying to make your lives better. Just fuck you. But you know what? Don't You're not killing my family. Right. You know? And I'm, I'm right. just, it's exhausting how stupid these people are. Yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. 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 No, and exactly. There's a, there's, you know, there's still that feel, and I get it. We know all the side arguments of, not everybody in the state is a Republican. They're going to go to stores and get people sick and all that. But I got to tell you, there really is a part of me at this point. Um, sort of that Steve Deese guy, who some, uh, I believe, probably Republican jock jock, says, we oh, are yeah. not going to honor any of these CDC, Center for Disease Control, Thanksgiving guidelines, and instead will intentionally violate them all. But thanks. He's in Iowa. Where, of course, well, somebody says they're going to intentionally violate. I mean, I guess it depends. They're, they're just guidelines. I guess he can do it. If if somebody has a mask mandate and they have the force of law behind it, which yeah. I believe their Republican governor Kim Reynolds just also called for she a mask did just mandate. she did just it's have a way, way ramped up yeah way this morning I saw it yeah because they're they've got the third high, highest death rate now they're they they're only trailing Woo! North and South Congrats Dakota Iowa. for people I feel really bad for remember we had my friend on here Matt McNeil who's the host of of everybody should listen to AM nine fifty in Minneapolis St Paul yeah 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 they're literally literally in in Minnesota surrounded by these states yeah right next to them are the Dakotas below them's Iowa. Like we have that problem with Wisconsin and Illinois. The Wisconsin, Wisconsin's exploded, and we share a huge border with these idiots right. who always come down to visit Chicago. Correct. That's the problem we have here where I'm in Cincinnati. We yeah. share we have borders with Indiana and Kentucky, not known generally for their progressive attitudes towards, well, anything. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 I know, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. So wait, wait, since we're talking about this, let me throw in then the other point and then we'll keep going. So, so the latest Atlas thing along the very lines of what Cliff is talking about says people ought to visit their elderly relatives for things. This is a paraphrase for Thanksgiving, despite the pandemic, because quote, for many people, this is their final Thanksgiving. So his point is, if your mom is like, your well, no, 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 wait, listen to this. His point is, if your mom is like my mom, who's 91 years old, she may not survive another year because she's old. So you might as well visit her because if you kill her, you kill her. She was going to die anyway. Okay, I, let me just say, 
even if my mom doesn't make it through another several months or whatever, which I do worry about because she's 91, right? I absolutely worry about that. A, if I go home at Christmas and Thanksgiving and kill her with COVID, I will not know that she would have died anyway in June. All I know is I killed my mother, okay? Secondly, even if you knew she was, although you wouldn't know she was going to die. No, you just wouldn't know. Bottom line is if you end up killing mom with COVID, good luck, unless you hated your mother, good luck not going to a shrink for the rest of your life, trying to figure out how screwed up you are because you killed your mom when you were warned about it and you killed her anyway. Good luck with that. Girl. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what to say except for, for many any, people. This I mean, is their final Thanksgiving anyway. <laughs> Somebody asked on 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 uh, somebody asked on you know um, Twitter. I don't remember who it was. Like you know, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Just asking folks. And I was just like, you know, who do you plan to get together with? And I'm like, the four people that live in this household yeah. are going yeah. to have a Thanksgiving in this household. Yeah. If you want to include our cats, they'll be there too. There will be nobody. I mean, my my mother in law literally lives like five blocks. Well, yeah, seven eight blocks from us. And we're not doing it because it puts her at risk. You know, my father-in-law lives in Cincinnati too. We're not putting him at risk. My kids, you know, have not seen their grandmother, my mom in New York, who's in New York now because we had to cancel all, you may remember all this blew up right before we're taking a spring. Wasn't she in Florida before or what? She was in Florida during, she goes down for five months of the year, like any good Ah. New York do. Um, And we're going to go and and spend spring break there with her. And if you may remember, mid-March is when everything shut down. Right. We were talking about whether you should go or not, but it was like mid-March. So we were kind of going, my kid, you know, I think they may have seen her over Christmas break. I want to say last year or something like that. My my kids haven't seen their grandmother in 11 No, it's awful. It's and, awful. And it and, sucks, yeah. but we're not going to like, it's the solution to that is let's go there and get her sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and these, well, and you know what too, these assholes, it, all he's doing is help spread the virus farther by telling right. people, yeah, go ahead and do your Thanksgiving. Great. So then it's an even greater guarantee that Christmas will be off the, off the Christmas. They all home. Is toast anyway, but exactly. Let them all, everybody go have your parties with 10 people, have a field day at Thanksgiving. You're all going to get sick. You're all going to spread it. And then come Christmas, we're really shut down. Even though Christmas, like I said, is screwed anyway at this point. But these people, this attitude is why a lot of us aren't having Thanksgiving, why a lot of us aren't having Christmas, why I haven't seen my 91-year-old mother in a year is because of assholes like this and attitudes like this. Correct. So Thanksgiving is literally... Potentially about to be the largest super spreader event in the history of the world. Oh, I'm not kidding. What percentage was it? Was it, it was a horrific number. Does your little mentat brain remember what the percentage of people were who weren't going to change their Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, it's not good. You want me to tell you? It's about, it's 40%. 40%. I thought it was 40 something. Yeah. Yeah. Are going to just behave like usual. No problem. And I mean, my, my whole thing. You know where they live. Well, the problem is again, is but they don't totally people yeah. travel home and then it's like do you remember like probably the, the one of the biggest drivers of this whole thing last time was that I'm, I'm having a hard time not cursing about people I hate today so I apologize folks <laughs> let's call him a POS so I'm not all over the place right. Ron DeSantis in Florida who refused to shut stuff down for spring break when all the kids were there and so then they all went back to their home states and brought it with them and somebody right. who was tracing these things was just right. like you know found that Essentially, I mean, every single state had suffered due to that decision by Florida in major ways. And then there's the Sturgis rally in South Dakota, that motorcycle rally. As of this oh, moment, yeah. 
Yeah. That may be the biggest single super spreader event. And the reason why I'm telling you. That was a quarter of a million bikers, I believe, was it not? Yes. And yeah. South Dakota, like the level of 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 positive um, test. Do you, I mean, 39% of people in South Dakota have had it or have it at this point. Do you understand how ludicrous that is? Yeah. I mean, like. It, it, or of it, those being tested, which is still a horrific right. number. Anything beyond that, 5%. That we know of. Right. I mean, yeah. they're, it's insane. And 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 they, you know Christy Nome, who is a ghoul, has their governor has refused to do anything about it. She does you know put on walk around you know climb on a horse and ride around with an American flag because that right. just solves everything. Maybe she can borrow one of Marco Rubio's Bible quotes too. That'll solve it. Right. Um, and you know, I mean Sturgis probably played a major role in that. Her lack of doing a damn thing did too. I mean this is a rural state where people don't even see each other that often a lot of the time. And right. they're still blowing up. That should tell you how right. dangerous this all. Oh, is. that's good. You know what? That is a good point, though. You're right. They're 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 per se distanced from each other more because in principle. Having said that, the big cities probably do have a lot of people compared to the state population overall. Well, there, but there are no big cities. <laughs> I mean, it depends on your definition of big cities, Pierre. You know, like you gonna, uh, North Dakota or South Dakota. That's North. Pierre, isn't it? Pierre or Pierre? I think it's, they pronounce it Pierre because you don't want it to be too French. Is South Dakota? Right. Um, what's the other one? It's not coming to me. I don't remember anymore. Native American name. Yeah, shit. Uh, was, what, uh, no, not Sioux Falls or whatever. Yeah, that's for thinking. Sioux What's Falls. It? Funny. I'm just saying, um, like, like the 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 biggest cities in South Dakota are still like what a hundred thousand at most. Oh, maybe seventy five thousand. Uh, They're not big. Sioux Falls is one hundred and fifty thousand. Oh no, I'm sorry. Sioux Falls is around one hundred eighty. Okay. For Rapid City, seventy-seven. Then, then it's seventy-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-four. So then it's really small. The question is: So outside population. of really, you know, outside of a one sort of decent-sized city, everything else is really not, you know, is is and, and oh, to tell you, actually, Cliff, I'm sorry. Listen to this. Yeah, go. Their population overall of South Dakota is eight hundred eighty-five million. Thousand. So Sioux Falls, thousand. <laughs> it's really, it's really big. It's not, it's um, not China, dude. <laughs> Like a little mini China, half a China. No, so eight hundred eighty thousand. So one eighty three means twenty five percent of the population is in Sioux Falls, and then it plummets. Right. So you're right. So Sioux Falls could have been a super spreader, but the rest of them, the rest of it. So the fact that it's that bad, unless somebody were to show me and say everything, it's all in Sioux Falls and nowhere else, means they're. Yeah. And you know what it is, right? I mean, you know what it is. I know what it is. Partially, they're probably going to restaurants, you know, breakfast on yeah. Sunday, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church too. Yeah, church is literally church, temple. Just in case anybody Christian thinks I'm picking on them, you know, church, temple, mosque, wherever you may go, anywhere where you're singing hymns and opening your mouth and doing that kind of stuff, that is what sends droplets flying. Yep. Is literally one of the worst that, that we didn't shut down houses of worship, and that's the right wingers' faults. And keep them shut is one of the big spreaders of all of this stuff, and then that must be what's doing it. Would be my guess in South Dakota, but you know what, like. Unless you're somebody tracing this stuff, it doesn't much even matter. The point is, is that they've got no restrictions in place. It's spreading like wildfire, and that's what happens when there's no restrictions in place. But yeah. these right wingers want to say that that's a brilliant strategy. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. So that doctors, I, there was a doctor. I wish I had it in front of me, mm. unless you don't mind my clicking a little bit. There was okay. I, I retweeted it yesterday. Uh, there was an epidemiologist, I believe. Who basically in South Dakota? Who said? I'm gonna try to find it. I may not. So I mean, I got the exact quote, but the quote was essentially, "This is what I would expect to be seeing in a war-torn country." 
Right. What's the comparison to South Dakota? Think about that for a second. Right. It didn't have to be that way. The leaders of this country and of South Dakota chose to turn their turn their state into the equivalent of a war torn country in terms of what they're seeing in hospitals. I mean, I honestly believe she should be held legally responsible on some level for it. I don't know what the rules are in terms of immunity for you know for that kind of thing for state leaders and for federal leaders. But Jesus Christ, I mean, would you say if she was anybody else, would you not say she'd commit she'd committed mass murder? there yeah. yeah no that's i mean it's mary trump said about trump he's a murderer yeah I mean, it's it's just sick it's just sick Whatever. in any case uh but i can't find find the thing right now but it doesn't really matter because i remember that the the important part the comparison was to was to war-torn countries that was the key part right. of the quote right and at least north dakota not not giving north dakota too much credit but north like iowa I like Utah, like some of these other places that acted unbelievably irresponsibly in the beginning and have killed their people. Uh, at least they have now given in, which they, which is always interesting how they always end up coming to our position eventually to just make sure the most people suffer first. Right. But now, now they've given in. They've got a mask mandate in North Dakota now, but not 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 Christy Nome. She's still like they, there's there there are some doctors who are basically at this point publicly begging her to do something. Unbelievable. I still don't get the, I mean, I, I really, it's, it's something I'm trying to get my head around and I still can't the mask mandate stuff. I just don't get it. Um, some police, uh, sheriff in, I believe it was South Dakota this morning issued a thing because of the new mask director or whatever issued a thing saying, you know, because of freedom and our constitution, we're not going to abide by this and boop, 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 boop. And I just am like, Guys, like it's a fucking mask. I mean, I just, I, I don't. This, this slippery slope argument about masks is so freaking bizarre. Welcome to, by the way, get it at this point. Dude, welcome to everything. You know, the reason why this all looks so familiar to gun control. Yes, all the work I've done on gun. It's all the same stupid arguments. It's all my freedom overrides your overrides your children's right to live. So I get to carry a gun with me wherever I want. Oops, it went off by accident. Shot your kid in the head. You know, that's my right. Guns are. Except that, like, even with guns, I mean, I guess my point is, even with guns, if you're anti-gun, okay, if you're pro-gun, I get it, I guess, right? I mean, I don't get it, but I get it. So, therefore, any restrictions on guns is a restriction on guns. So, like, I get that. But the idea of you're pro-freedom, so wearing a mask is a restriction on your freedom? No, but it's I guess I'm just telling you. The gun stuff in right. that I'm not saying it's exactly the same. What I'm saying is. I've seen all the arguments before. They're using these. Oh, guys. yeah. No, no, no. I agree with you on that. But I'm saying, like, even on the guns, I get why they freak out because we are restricting their guns, even though it's not nearly enough. Whereas in this case, like, it just has nothing to do with freedom telling you where to wear a mask. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, we're not, I mean, it's but just, it's, I, 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 it, it, oh, it's similar God. in that, like, nobody needs an assault rifle unless they're in a military. <sighs> fighting you know to, to run up a hill and get it away from the enemy and they they've convinced enough people that they do need an assault rifle and that that's about their freedom yeah that's how it's similar it's that you know yes we are restricting your guns we're restricting a type of gun you have absolutely no fucking need for right is what we're doing um and and in this is the same thing like the they're convincing people um to go and and you know, to go and essentially stand up and fight for something that makes no sense except for you've, you've made it a right. symbol politically, right. you know. And and mind you, by the way, um, mm. 
if you really wanted to look at restricting freedoms, like w- the things we passed from the Patriot Act on down in the post 9-11 period, every single one of these people yelling freedom yeah. <laughs> was yeah. like was was a hundred million percent in favor yeah. of because it. it was only the brown people who were mostly going to suffer from it. I mean, think about what though it though the truth of the matter is is that it's not in the end what think about what we all go through at airports. Hmm. You know, but they're willing to do that. Right. Frankly, you're and losing again, a lot. And I don't and I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but the point I'm is actually like not opposed to it. I'm just saying if you want to talk about giving up freedoms, you've given up a lot more right. freedom to right. get on an airplane, you know, yes. and, and, and they've been totally fine with that. But no, you're, but you're no, absolutely. There are times yeah. that we all need yeah. to be we need to be responsible citizens for the yeah. public good. That we do have to give up certain freedoms. Sorry, even the police, even the police stuff. Even the police stuff, right? <clears throat> you don't see anybody on their side saying, "Look, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter," but of course, uh, in a free society, we should always be very careful and concerned about law enforcement and whether they go too far. And blah 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 blah. You don't even see any of them saying that. What they're up in arms about is a fucking mask. I mean, I, the thing is, Cliff. I know these guys are being serious. I really do. I don't. Some of them are pulling, are just being assholes like Trump. But a lot of these people are deadly serious. They really think this is an affront. And I just, I guess the problem is, like you've talked about before, this Fox News thing. It's and I mean, it's our segue man. to our final topic. That's it's the a cult. part of this. Is it's a cult. I mean, look. I, 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 I just at can't this even... point, I'm really, I've really come to the belief that the entire hmm. right-wing information sort of infrastructure is literally one big psychological operation run against many people in our country over the last 30, 40 years to, yeah. to, to weaken, uh, for, you know, it started off being supported by plutocrats and others, you know, you know, it started off by those who, who certainly had large chunks of money who figured they wanted to weaken and divide the opposition, which is exactly right. what psyops do during times of war, because right. I'm sorry. I mean, what Fox has done to people, all the evidence, you know, and then the rest of the bubble they've created from Sinclair. The reason why we we're going to talk about this topic is just there are a number of people that have come out with incredible sort of analyses, you know, or at least smart analyses right now. And I'm sorry, though, I'm going to fucking stand there and say, this is what I've been saying now for a long time. Um, and I've asked numerous of our guests on the show. And as I've said before, love them all. Uh, virtually every one of our guests, I think, is great. No one has ever given me a sufficient answer to, to mm-hmm. this, and many of them, the answer they've given to me is, I think, is really makes no sense. The whole like the way you solve speech is with more speech. No, sometimes certain speech, certain propaganda is so dangerous that it leads to civil wars. It leads to one group of people massacring another group of people. It leads to democracies being overthrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and and you can't countenance it. You can't accept it. You can't allow it to call itself news. In any case, there's an interview with Barack Obama done by Jeffrey Goldberg in The Atlantic that people should read. And he talks about the difference now about, you know, in two th- even 2008, where we've gone in the last 12 years about how when he would go into small towns, that they were conservative. They were predisposed somewhat against him. There usually was a small – an editor of a newspaper who was much more conservative that's obviously true, but they're willing to sit down with him, talk with him, and discover, hey, you know what? Maybe we do agree on a couple things, right. and maybe they're, you know, maybe they're, they're. Uh, I can realize that we have some differences, but you're a decent guy. Versus today, when literally they've been brainwashed that you are, you know, look at the QAnon stuff. I mean, essentially that you're what harvesting yeah. body parts of children to eat or whatever. I mean, like you're, you're no longer someone who just opposes them. You're you're evil. You're the, you know, you are the embodiment of evil that needs to be destroyed like an enemy. Yeah. And, you know, 
those local newspapers, of course, in a lot of these places have gone away. So what are people what are people being exposed to? All they have is Fox News. Um, they have uh, local news, often owned by Sinclair in many yeah. of these markets. Yeah, you know they're getting they're getting stuff online that is garbage. They're on email lists where they're getting these stupid conspiracy emails. They may belong to the NRA that's been right. you know polluting their minds for two decades, three decades now since they went nuts. I mean, and and I mean, but you know, I, okay, yes. I mean, the thing the thing that still bothers me. I mean, the thing is, I actually. I agree, of course, because I'm like, you know, I guess you're right. Once again, they're only hearing it from Fox and and worse. So, of course, they believe the lies because the people they trust are telling them masks don't work. The virus is a joke. The thing that bothers me is, and I remember I had said this to I remember said this to my family members who were still being weird about the virus. And I said, OK, but do you think, you know, because also I got the old, you know, well, my doctor friend told me and I said, do you honestly think your doctor friend is the only one telling you the truth and that all the national experts at the CDC and NIH and everywhere else, that they're all just fucking lying? I mean, seriously, but I said, do you really think all of these experts are lying? What are you talking about? They're part of the and, team only, team, dude. and your local doctor in suburban Illinois, he's the one who really knows it. But I said, seriously, think about that. I don't want to talk about it. Well, just, I mean, that's a, what? No, I, it just drives me crazy because well, I just and that's I, the problem again is that if you hear, if they you ought to say they ought to say, you know, that's a really good point. You're right. Why would everybody be saying something else? The problem is is, is, is I mean, that why lie? Like, like a cult, like psyops, like these things. If you're all you're getting is information from a closed loop, where you're hearing the same things. What you know, you, I didn't even mention before. You know, the prevalence of not just Rush Limbaugh and those folks, but their local. Uh, Talk, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, there is a local Rush Limbaugh in every decent-sized market in the country, and virtually no Matt McNeils, who I brought up before, who's in Minneapolis. Like, you can count the number of people on, where there are on terrestrial radio stations that are, you know, center or, or God forbid, progressive on one hand. And in all these places, so, so when they turn on their radio, they're hearing this garbage locally or nationally when they turn their tv they're hearing this garbage locally or nationally you know and and their friends are hearing the same stuff so they're getting it from their social interactions and everything they do they're getting it on these like chain emails and other places and now on top of it we've got the, the evil fucking behemoth facebook who's allowing right-wingers to target them with digital ads saying the same right. stuff right. No, and I mean again, I've said this for a long time. Like yeah. you can't ignore this. This is going to be a problem. Democracy only works when there's enough people who are open-minded right. enough that you can have rational debates about, you know, or at least semi-rational about subjects where we all agree on the same set of facts. Yeah. Once you have a large enough yeah. people who are, who are here, you know, and so there was a really good piece I'd recommend by mm. Tommy Vieter at Crooked Media that talked about how the Obama administration tried to sideline um uh, the, uh, Fox and how the other stations, when they didn't want to give Fox access, I don't, I'd have to go back and read it again to an interview they were giving everybody else, all boycotted. And he was saying, I wonder if they would do that again today, now in retrospect, what we've seen, you know, where people like Jake Tapper, you know, uh, what's his name, the media reporter at um, Brian Stelter. Ben, yeah, Brian Stelter wrote a whole book on Fox where they finally started to tell the truth about who Fox is, what Fox does. Whereas they were defending it a decade ago, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, but it, because we have to be open about this. And, I, and you know, um, Tara McGowan, 
wrote a really good piece. She's the one who started Acronym, who, by the way, folks, full disclosure, is a client. Um, wrote a piece, you know, on you know by at, at Medium about you know Democrats won the election, so why does only half the country believe it? And she goes into sort of Facebook and this twisted world on the right and how they're able to control information. It, you know, again. You know, Obama said he thinks right now he's that he loved, you know, as the Internet grew and became what it is. And now he sees it as as the most direct threat to democracy. I mean, you know, yeah, go ahead. What is interesting about what you just said is we always talk about how Republicans try to turn around and accuse us of what they're doing. But it's it's even more nefarious than that. Um, Of course, they believe the election is stolen. We were warned for a while by our experts that Trump and company were going to try to steal the election. And we know they did try to steal. So why, if we're willing to believe our experts and our news media that we trust telling us the Trump people keep trying to steal votes like Lindsey Graham, why wouldn't they believe their media telling them Democrats are massively trying to steal votes in the states too, right? If, if we're willing to believe CNN, MSNBC, and Obama, all telling us that the virus is a really big deal and Trump is lying about it and and Trump's experts about the virus are just lying why right. wouldn't why wouldn't they believe um their media telling them that a their media telling them the same thing in reverse right i mean i guess my point is we're willing to believe our media and obama why shouldn't they believe their media and trump no well they I mean, would when we let them only have access to that yeah. there's, a, there's a big difference here no, wait, wait, wait. I'm not, wait, I'm not making a, I'm not, obviously I'm making a comparison comparison. My point is I'm trying to get inside their heads about how it is they can believe something so stupid. And the point is on, on its face, we agree that you ought to be able to trust the media and you ought to be able to trust your politicians, your experts, your experts and your leader. If we trust our media, our leader, Obama, and our scientific experts, they're simply believing their media, their leader, and their scientific experts. The problem is they've reached a critical mass of who they should believe. They've got their media, their politicians, and their experts telling that's them they're right. Point, the virus. Is that when you're in this closed bubble, so it makes sense where that's all that you're hearing, and we yeah. can't, that cannot be allowed to continue. There yeah. are ways we need to fight. They've got them. a monopoly. It is, a, it is why monopolies can be dangerous in other ways. Correct. But yeah. Monopoly and information, and, and whether it's Facebook yeah. being broken up, which, which, by the way, should happen anyhow, as one of their former – one of their founders, Chris Hughes, has now said, you know, it should be broken up just because it's a monopoly in the way, as far as I'm concerned, so should Amazon and some other places. Um, but Facebook is now a particularly pernicious one because it's allowing this kind of information to pass by. Fox News may be a totally another thing, but maybe their news license can be pulled. Maybe they can be held responsible in a court of law for, as I certainly think around COVID and the things they were telling people. They, it's going to be real hard for them to argue that, that you know, oh, we didn't know when they actually were, they were putting into place at Fox News itself all of these protocols to make sure that people were distanced and were masked in the buildings and whatever. But then they were going on TV and telling people they didn't need to be doing any of that. Um, I, so it's the I think it's corporate sponsorship. I think it's the government. I think it's lawyers and and our our court system. I think it's all sorts of things. There's no one answer to this. Yeah. But we need to go after these entities in every way because this closed loop will be the end of us. Yeah. I mean, it really will. I agree with Obama on that. The reason the reason the biggest challenge we have is that there are people that you know that honestly receive. There are sources of information, and the, the big difference is, you know, you were comparing it that we, you know, well, let me just speak for myself. So, yeah, I saw the thing with Obama, MSNBC and CNN. I don't even watch cable news most of the time. But before I believe anything, 
I tend to read to, to read and want to see it from numerous sources, not just two or three, like ten. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, I also look around at reality, right? Like there are people, there's a doctor and she ended up being invited on one of the morning shows because she was talking about how as patients were lying there in her hospital dying from COVID, oh, yeah. they saying they couldn't have COVID. Yep. Yep. Okay. When my cousin died of COVID, which she did, and I've now seen numerous other people who have gotten it, who I have spoken to and whatever, I believe it because it's reality. It's right in front of my freaking face. Right. We're talking about people that, that will not believe reality. They're because Fox and these guys, and that's why I refer to it almost like a psyop, they're so good at manipulating emotions. You know, Barack Obama, CNN, MSNBC, yeah, maybe you could say CNN and MSNBC to a certain degree manipulate some emotions. Nothing on the level. It's industrial grade when you're talking about Fox and Rush Limbaugh and what they do. They prey on every fear of older, whiter people and magnify it. Okay, in 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 ways. So it's 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 different. It's not just where they get their news from. It's that they're having the shit scared out of them. They're being fed false information that usually is to play on their fears and their hatred, and often to frankly fleece them of money. So I mean, these these are all important factors. You know, when you a last point I'll make in this, John, is when you referred to yourself. You know. You're somebody with with what a master's in international affairs, uh, a law degree, you know, and and yet there are people like that who still can be fooled about saying everything. Not not and no, there's no like black and white of this, but like many other things, education often is one of the best defenses against propaganda. And as you look at who it influences the most, there's a reason why, quite frankly, those with less education often were ones who were who ran to Donald Trump and right. a lot of college educated suburban voters were running away from Donald Trump, even if they'd historically been Republican. Because again, you know, propaganda doesn't tend to work as you know, so there's there's a lot of moving parts here. It's not easy, but I think the overall thing is we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because we get out of it. Yeah. Because South yeah. Dakota, you know, whatever happened in South Dakota doesn't stay in South Dakota, even if you wanted it to, it still wouldn't be fair because, you know, 30% or whatever, 35% of South Dakotans voted for, voted for Biden. And I'm going to guess, you know, whatever percent of them are not right wingers and they have to suffer through what the majority there chooses to do. But even if you're not talking about them, what about the States next door? I brought up Minnesota. You know, what about places that are even further away that, that, don't believe any that you know that believe in weird things like science and statistics and so I mean, you know that's the problem is that all of these states we're all connected, and we can't have the the dumbest the lowest common denominator among us deciding what our policies will be or we will all die. I'm not really sure how else to put it. Yeah. Anyway, Yay! I'm I'm potted out for today. That was all I wanted to talk. Those were really the issues I wanted to talk about. I don't know. Do we have anything so else? Otherwise, pot today? An hour? You really? You want to say that? Well, no, you went for an hour. It's legal in DC, so if you smoked a lot of pot, that's okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I, we've 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 we have been over an hour. Country. I'm feeling good. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, it's Tuesday, so as always, eh, give us a few days, depending what happens, Thursday or Friday. We shall be back. We'll be back. Okay. All right. Take care, guys. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Well, John, the season of giving thanks is upon us. The special day of turkey, family, and football will be here before you know it, where you should all be home with your friends and, I mean, sorry, with your family and not friends. In any case, I'll stop there. Before gathering with your family in small groups, 
to share uh, in your Thanksgiving traditions, it's important to allow some extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself and look your best for your loved ones. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. It visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines. Number 11s and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance, folks, in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours. So you can relax, react. That was nice. You can relax surrounded by loved ones. Very few of them, though, folks. Knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon. You can get it at a much better deal than anything you get waiting in line on Black Friday. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexy liberal or call 800-685-1292 and say that code, sexy liberal. The order also comes with free shipping, a 30-day money-back guarantee also. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com. No, no, sorry. B-U-I-P-L-X dot <laughs> com backslash sexy liberal. That was all. Or call 800-685-1292 and say sexy liberal at checkout. <laughs>